yeah, I was in debt $20,000, 20000 plus. But basically when you met me, I was in that much debt. And it was just from just, you know, eating, eating out in the past few years with my friends, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And I actually lived in a foreclosed home in a room that I rented for like $500, you know, US, which is like nothing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how one small thing like Instagram, you know, can change everything. It's wild. Hey folks, Jamie here and welcome to another awesome episode of the Trainer Mind podcast. My guest today is none other than Joe Yoon, aka Joe Therapy. Three years ago, Joe was struggling to make ends meet. He was just about scraping $500 a month to pay for his accommodation. Fast forward to 2020, Joe has amassed over 1.3 million followers on Instagram. He is an author and an online entrepreneur. This is such a great episode and you're going to be learning a lot of knowledge bombs from it. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Joe Yoon, aka Joe Therapy. Joe, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I am very well, thanks. And I was just thinking, right, how long has it I known Joe for? And it, it brings me back to a story. I remember I had a bit. And you might not know this actually, Joe. I had a bit of a back pain and I was scrolling through Instagram and, and all of a sudden I came across this guy who was doing these really cool, easy stretches to do. And I think it was one, it was actually with a golf club. And you you'd you'd lent oh, over, yeah. you'd lent over on the side of the wall. And I actually did that and the little the pain that I had in my back for about a month had gone. And I was like, This guy's a this guy's a wizard. <laughs> and then and then what happened is I reposted that video. And it got 2 million views. This is the golden days of Instagram. Yep. Counting up like, and it suddenly became kind of my Instagram strategy on a Friday. It's repost Joe's videos because for some reason, the algorithm loves them. And what that enabled me to do with my account, probably grow about 30,000 followers in a space of a couple of months, but not just that, get about I think it was around 14 million views on your reposted videos, which was just crazy at the time. And I remember seeing how, how much that was that kind of golden period of your Instagram growth going flying up. It was just a, a crazy time, wasn't it? Yeah, I was trying to remember when we actually connected. And I mean, it was right when I started my Instagram. I started my Instagram uh, 2017 at the beginning, and we probably connected... Uh, around the summer of that that year so I mean I was only about two three four months in and yeah the, the thing with the golf club I was kind of like a MacGyver back then it was just whatever I could find what can I do to do like a self-massage technique and I mean those days were great because you could post something and it would just explode where you know now currently it's it's much tougher I mean a million views I don't think I've ever even gotten a million views on any of my videos, but uh, you just had the golden touch. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, those were some good times. Yeah. And, and you know, you said you start, for those of you who don't know, Joe, you started in 2017 and you're currently at 1.3 million followers. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yep. and, it, and it just goes to show, you know, if you don't start, you, you can never win the game because a lot of people think that, you know, even now, yes. Okay. Instagram is more difficult now, but, what you got to understand is everyone's on an equal path. And, and what seems to be happening now, like unlike three years ago, was you could just post something at the right time and it would take off. You know, I would, I, my strategy was at, uh, at 6 p.m., I would post something with the same tags every Friday and, and it would get at least a million views. My, my mistake that I made is I took that for granted and I didn't put as much like emphasis on it. And I wish I had. And then I luckily got a second opportunity at TikTok to do this because I, you know, the TikTok now is very much, it's changing a little bit, but it's very much the three years ago Instagram. And I've just been like jumping on it and, you know, I've managed to keep that momentum and traction on it, but it just goes to show, you know, how mad social media can be, but not just that, how you can go to connect. Cause I remember we were chatting for a long time and then you came to London and I showed you some gin places. And I was like, 
and that and it was awesome because it's, it's amazing the connections that you make not only in the fitness industry but on social media too when you know when you are sharing each other's value if that makes sense and i think that's one thing that's missing these days on social media is actually making real connections with people who are who have talented gifts and and letting each other's audiences know about that because you can both share the success with that a hundred percent and the thing i wish i did more of actually before was try to network more uh you know at that time i was just concentrating on content and getting followers and exposure uh but recently since i've been doing a little bit more traveling it's i realized how important networking and actually meeting people in the same industry as you even not in the same industry just maybe the same mindset and it's crazy how much your business will grow exponentially more when you start meeting these people and then you just become friends and you throw ideas around with each other i, I always talk about people it's um uh you know like the, the richer get richer it's like i grew my social media account to you know, kind of a, a certain level where people see me, you know, slightly different. They're like, oh, it's, he's at this level. But then you start having the opportunity to meet other people who, you know, grew, um, you know, their businesses just, you know, as much. And uh, you just start meeting more and more people. It's crazy. So that's what keeps me motivated to keep posting. It's like you never know who you're going to meet uh, in the future. Yeah. And my next, kind of the next question to you, Joe, is how you kind of got started with it or what made you suddenly go right i'm gonna do this instagram and start you know because the thing i think you were very much ahead of your time with regards to keeping a very simple consistent approach to social media being the master of one thing and just focusing on that and having a you know your thing was it was the tennis ball it was consistently picking something and not you know a lot of people are worried about putting the same things out and and one thing i say to people is it's not the same things out. You know, you can have a, a, the right theme and approach and then change that up every day. So what kind of gave you the idea for doing that and then started obviously implementing it for that growth? Yeah, I'll give you kind of two different um, kind of aspects of my business because when I first met you and when I first started my social media, it was actually to promote my massage therapy business uh, that I just started. So I was uh, in the golf industry initially, and uh, I was like, hey, I, I can just be an entrepreneur and do this myself, and failed pretty hard <laughs> and very quickly. Um, so I was in debt. I had no clients, and I was trying to pivot. And I'm in Florida right now, just uh, over by Walt Disney World, and there's a big fitness community here, a lot of fitness competitors, bodybuilders, and uh, I saw a need for people who needed body work and massage. Uh, so I started to promote on my social media um, of me doing techniques. I would do free sessions at the gym and like, just like, hey, hey, Johnny, can I use you for one of my videos? I'll give you a free session. And they're like, yeah, of course. Um, so I started to actually build a in-person business first on Instagram, uh, which might be good for you, you know, because you have a lot of PTs and trainers who are trying to do probably both. Um, in person and online. Um, so that's how I first started on Instagram was actually not my stretching. It was more of my massage therapy. And I would post my ideal clients. So it was bodybuilders at the time. So uh, they basically just filled up my social media. Um, and as that started growing, and I, I was actually getting some income coming in, because I had zero money. So I need to figure out a way to get money. Um, and that wasn't definitely not online at that time. Um, you know, the easiest way was to actually work on people in person. Um, but as my business in person got a little bit more steady and it was growing, that's when I transitioned over to trying to have a broader reach on social media. And that's when the at home stuff came apart, you know, it came about uh, doing the stretches and the, you know, the self massage technique, the muscle release stuff. Um, and that's kind of where I transitioned. Um, and basically whatever I learned, uh, in the past, cause I was a trainer first, whatever I learned in training, I just put it online and I just put it in, uh, bite-sized pieces. Um, and that's another thing I always tell people is like, don't be too afraid to put stuff online that you learned, uh, somewhere else, because I've paid, I'm sure you have too, like thousands of thousands of dollars on continuing education and trying to learn the best techniques. And 
for me, I always like, uh, I always felt like I needed to keep it a secret because I paid, <laughs> paid so much for it. But I was like, it's 2017, 2018 at the time, like there's Google. If someone's going to find something, they're going to find something. It might as well come from me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just kept posting and posting uh, just different things and uh, slowly and grows from there. It's interesting there, Joe, because what most you know, fitness professionals do is when they start to get busy in their one-to-one, they tend to forget about the social aspect. And it seems that you went the opposite way. As you got busy, you kept with the consistency of posting on social media, which is very rare that I see a lot of people. Because when I look at other you know, people's social media, I can tell the minute that they got busy because they go from one post a day to maybe three posts a week. Uh, not really understanding, you know, look, this is a non-negotiable, you know, you have to post that thing. And it just, you know, having that simplistic approach, I think so many people overcomplicate content, trying to get it so good that they don't post anything because they're just waiting for that golden piece of content that's suddenly going to go viral and, and make them a success instead of showing up every day and putting it out there. It was kind of a blessing that I had zero clients and I had a failed business because I could concentrate on my social uh, more. It's like I'd have one client and then I had, to, you know, the rest of the day to try to figure out some sort of content, um, which made it a habit. So when I actually got busy, I would start to realize this is driving, you know, business to me. So why am I going to stop if I get busy? I mean, I had one 12 hour straight session uh, back to back to back. It was probably like 10 clients because some was more than an hour long. And I still put out content, even on those really busy days. I always said minimum one time a day. Um, and back then I was probably doing two, three times a day because I was just, you know, kind of addicted. You get, it's like a slot machine. You're like, ooh, more followers and more, more views. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting when I talk to people, trainers and therapists, they're like, yeah, I'm so busy now. You know, I really want to do social. I want to get big, but, you know, I just don't have the time. I'm like, uh, first of all, it doesn't take that much time if you really think about it. And again, it comes back to what you were talking about, people trying to make everything perfect. I always tell people to make things less perfect at the beginning because less people are watching you. So when I first started and, you know, you've seen my layout before and things have changed and evolved since, you know, when I first started where it was, you know, everything was the exact same. I did that purposely because it was easy to repeat. Uh, and then I also used my uh, iPhone. It was like a six at the time. It was not the highest quality camera, but I was like, I'm not going to upgrade because then people are going to expect <laughs> really high quality videos every single time. And I was like, you know what, let me grow a little bit. And then once I have the chance to upgrade, I'll upgrade. And then I upgraded phones, you know, a year and a half later. One one thing I found about your um, your post, Joe, was that a lot of people don't look back on previous posts on Instagram you know, once it's up, it's up and it's in the air and it's out. And once it's got the traction, no one really goes, there's not many people that go onto Instagram and go, oh, check out, I need to find that post from three months ago that, that Joe posted. But they do. I mean, and I, and I used to do that, you know, before kind of bookmarking became uh, an easier thing to do. It was like, ah, oh, you know, someone will come to me with a problem and then I'd be spending ages scrolling down your page. But it was easy to find because I could see the pictures. So it was kind of like, you were building a massive library of exercises as a database on Instagram, which was, you know, one of the things, if I think back to now, it's just like, right, you know, some of the content that you're posting is quite evergreen because people are actually like myself going back to find it and then sharing that, which then adds to the Instagram algorithm again. And then it gets that traction again. And, and you know, for some reason, it was like the Instagram gods, loved people sharing your content and which i was just like this you know this is crazy i remember showing showing you one video that we got i think we got 6.8 million views on instagram which was just like um it's uh, you know it, that's the sort of thing that kylie jenner and dwayne the rock johnson get these days which is is, is just crazy so fast fast forward joe to three years now what opportunities have opened for you since doing um, you know, since starting on social media, you know, going from not having anything, you know, struggling to make ends meet to where, where your business currently is now. Yeah. I mean, it's changed, 
it pretty much changed my life as weird as it sounds like, Oh, Instagram changed my life. It, it changed everything. Um, you know, I was working for someone at the time at a golf course as a fitness person. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, there, there's a ceiling when you work for someone, which is the tough part. It's, it might be a good job, but you're only going to make X amount and that X amount might not even cover, you know, it's not that lucrative. So when I ended up leaving, um, you know, to become an entrepreneur, you know, it, it allowed me to have a little bit more freedom, but um, kind of dictate which route I wanted to go. And, you know, fast forward to now, it's the exposure alone, which I put a lot of emphasis on growing my social um, has been huge because it just gives you more connections. Um, so instead of monetizing really early, like I think a lot of people do, I ended up not trying to sell people too much, at least at the beginning, and concentrate on just more uh, more growth. Um, but I leveraged, so first of all, my massage therapy business, that became just a full-time thing. I was doing, uh, you know, for massage therapists, like three to five sessions a day is essentially full-time. Um, and I was doing that five, six, you know, sometimes seven days a week. So my massage therapy se or sessions in business was thriving. And then in 2018, I transitioned to online and having a membership site because uh, like PTs and massage therapists, you know, we get fatigued, even if we're just training someone standing all day. I mean, it's, it takes a toll on your body. Um, and for me, my thumbs were shot. I mean, my thumbs still hurt and I haven't done, you know, too many sessions recently. Uh, so I wanted to find some sort of income that I could get without actually being present. Uh, so I started a membership site in the beginning of 2018, and slowly my massage therapy business, the income from that has transitioned, and now the primary source of income is online for me. Uh, and then on top of that, I have a book that came out a couple months ago. Um, again, just networked with a whole bunch of different people where now the connections um, you know, and opportunities are much greater. And then I also have some side business, too, that I can leverage my exposure on Instagram to work on those projects. Um, so, I mean, everything has changed. It went from literally down here to, you know, unlimited opportunities. And I suppose as well, you know, having that kind of following, you can pretty much DM people on Instagram and pretty much get a response because I think one of the things that Instagram has now is when someone does message you, it says down the bottom in gray, how, how big a following they have. And that has massive opportunities and doors that open. This is why I you know, say it's so important to focus on building that audience up. And, you know, when people, I think people get overwhelmed because they'll look at someone like yourself and go, what's the point? You know, I'm never going to get to that. And that's once again, another limiting belief that stops people from, from growing. And I, I think I've seen, some great examples on YouTube of this, of people actually starting YouTube channels in 2020, and then suddenly within three months getting a million subscribers. There's actually a dad, I think, in Canada, who his, he had a great story. He said that his, um, you know, he never had a dad, and his dad never taught him simple things like changing a car tire, like changing a bike tire, you know, doing all these things. So he created a YouTube channel to teach kids how to do the things that his dad never taught him. And he, he posted nine videos, nine videos um, in three weeks. And he's currently on 2.8 million subscribers, which is it's crazy, which, which is, um, you know, it, it is crazy. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen to people who do, but I'm just saying, like, if you don't start, then you never will get that. And, and it's the most yeah. important thing to do is just just to start. And I was always on the other side too. I mean, when I started my social media, I was doing it for golf uh, initially when I was first starting to, you know, start my business on my own. And you see, you know, these big numbers, you see all the fitness influencers that you follow and you're like, this is impossible. What are they doing behind the scenes that's, you know, growing their page? And there's pretty much no secret. I think there's best practices, but you know, there's no secrets, just consistency and hard work. But I mean, I was in the same boat where I thought it was impossible to grow, you know, over 50,000 followers. Um, but yeah, you just got to keep going. But you also have to, I think, also be smart too. If you're not getting any traction on what you're doing, then you're probably not hitting a demographic that's interested in what you're doing. So 
again, that's another thing I get always asked all the time is I'm posting every single day and uh, I'm not growing, but then I look at their content and it's all over the place and, you know, they might be fitness initially and then they start getting a little bit more into motivational and I'm like, well, which one do you want? You know, you got to pick one <laughs> and it's, it's a lot easier to grow if you're kind of the master at just one thing, at least to start. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if anything, it's probably hindered a little bit of my growth because, you know, I am a, a kind of a jack of all trades of things, but I actually in, enjoy that style. And, um, you know, for me, I've had a steady growth, you know, I've been doing Instagram and I've been doing social media since 2012. I, that's when I created my Instagram account. And I always say to people that, you know, mine's a good example of, you know, a lot of people will look at, you know, having a, you know, 120,000 people are like, I'll never get there. And I'm just like, look, you, you, you started now will probably be quicker to get to 120 than I have done because that's taken me eight years. And, you know, it's a very slow trickle growth, but then that's been able to transition into so much opportunity. And, you know, I, ha I know people who have got 8,000 followers and their business is three times bigger than mine. Cause it's not about the number, you know, we understand is each, each of those likes is a person. And when you look at it as a person, you know, a hundred people following you or a hundred likes on the post, that's a hundred people. That's a lot of people that know who you are. And that's a lot of opportunities. And if you have a high end product, let's say 500 pounds, 700 pounds and 10 people sign up to it, then you, you have a very successful business. So it's not looking too much at, at the numbers. Um, but also, you know, you should be focusing on growing that audience and that will give you clues because a lot of people don't look at their insights. And I think that's the biggest downfall because, you know, they, they, it's, it's like um, when people have no money in the bank, they, they don't check their bank account because they're afraid to see the answer. So, hey, that's, so they get more skin. Was, yeah, they get more that, broke. That was me. Yep. <laughs> that, that was me with a bank account and credit score. <laughs> but then it's, it's, you know, what gets measured gets managed. It's, it's unfortunately looking at the things that aren't working so you can start moving into the things that are and you know with regards to getting a, you know out of debt and that is looking at your spending habits which people don't like to do and actually sometimes going well is are these things necessary and sometimes having you know having to be quite brutal in certain areas and, and it's exactly the same with social media you know um i wouldn't post any hashtags ever with my content because i was just like well i just get traction anyway and then of course now I have more of a hashtag strategy because I want to, you know, want to win the game because the algorithm's changed and it's knowing how best to play the game. Um, and if you don't, if, you, if you're not looking at these things and you don't know about these things, then it, you're never going to, you're never going to get anywhere, especially in 2020. But speaking of 2020, Joe, um, you're looking back now at 2017, 2018. Um, how, are you, how are you kind of feeling now that, you know, your business is now, you know, majority is online and suddenly pandemic hits and it's kind of a reflection really of I, I think the progress that imagine had you you know just started your place now how you'd be feeling to three years back yeah the the pandemic has been it's you know I'm pretty fortunate that I decided to switch over and you know I'm in a lot better place than the majority of the people that I know um, it, it's difficult so you know, just taking my situation now with so many eyeballs at home I mean things are different now because it's been about you know probably three four months maybe three months since everyone's been locked down at least here in the states um, when that happens you know not much changed from a business standpoint for me so I tried to figure out where was the advantage of, you know, what, what could I do with my business and my social right now to help more growth in the future? And, you know, at home workouts are such a big thing now and uh, people's energy and concentration was not on work. It was on uh, what's, you know, just what's on my, my cell phone. It was just like, what can I do to keep busy? So I actually doubled down on my content. Uh, and, you know, I try to take a lot of, uh, your lead too, cause I'll look at your page and see, it's like, what's Jay doing? Cause, uh, he's, <laughs> he's doing things right. So, uh, I started posting almost every day on YouTube. Uh, you know, I went to places where I was lacking cause obviously Instagram for me was, you know, that's, 
the the best place for me to get exposure and get information out but you know you have to diversify a little bit i think just like my business it's like i just didn't have a online or online business i had an in-person business so i could have two sources of income uh so i wanted to post on youtube more so i think that since the beginning of the pandemic i've grown uh, maybe like 5,000 to 10,000 new subscribers on YouTube just by posting every, you know, every day, every other day. And then TikTok too. It's like, it's funny when you talk about TikTok right now is probably Instagram three years ago. And it's like, I totally believe it. Um, and I haven't spent as much time on it, but during the pandemic around the first month, I spent, uh, I did about two or three posts a day on TikTok, just trying to figure out what's, what hits on TikTok? It's like what you're learning. It's almost like A/B testing. It's like, does this work or does this work? And then you try to figure it out. Um, and then I grew probably five thousand, you know, followers there in a month. So, uh, you know, right now it's just, uh, especially since everyone's mostly at home, is just trying to put as much content out there. I still think content's king in a lot of, you know, a lot of places. It's, it's exposure. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a new saying with content. I, I keep calling it, uh, I keep saying content's queen, not king. Uh, and, the, and the reason being is when, you know, content's all about strategy and the biggest game of strategy is chess. And when you look at the moves that a king can make, it can only make one move, but queens can make all the moves. Okay, um, I like that, yeah, yeah. And when it comes to content, you have to be able to make different moves with it. So I've kind of taken a chess analogy with it and said that, content is queen instead of king so that that's my no, i like that, that, that that's, i like that's, that way better <laughs> yeah that, that's the new one okay because the queen's more powerful um and i think you know you can you can take that any way where you can you can kind of repurpose so much content you know mm -hmm. and i think for you know for you tiktok would be i think the biggest thing is to find people in a similar industry that are doing well on tiktok and imitate what they're doing there's a great um a fan i don't know if you know squat university yeah, yeah. so i just uh facetimed with them a couple of days ago <laughs> there you go so they're killing yeah. it on, he's killing it on tiktok and his his content's incredible but like I, he's just repurposing stuff from other platforms on tiktok and the following's growing i've seen a guy who in the uk who's who cleans pools for a living and he just basically showing the before and after of pools where he goes to a, a very you know big place the pool's horrible he does a few things shows people within 60 seconds and it says come back tomorrow to watch the progress and obviously this is what people do um tiktok is very much based on all oh. and then they get, the, the growth is based on three things re-watching a video the length that they watch and whether they go from your video to your profile to look at other videos and that's what works so this guy's posted 12 videos and he's got 300,000 uh, you know and and you think well how's he going to monetize that as a pool guy and it's just like well you never you know in about a year's time wow. you know the same day you plant the seed isn't the same day you pick the flower that's why I always say and you've just got to keep watering it and, and, and wait for it to grow um, and a lot of people will want an instant return and I think that's one of the biggest it's, it's also I think with social media, as you do have a following, it's so much easier to be consistent because you get that reward from, you, you kind of get that dopamine hit instantly from having a following. But a lot of the time you've got to post without expecting that dopamine hit at first. You've just got to be kind of disciplined to go, look, I don't care whether this gets one view or a hundred views, it, it needs to be posted at this time every day without fail. And that's kind of like why you've got such a big following now because so, you know, it's, it's that discipline of, of being uh, and consistency that produces results. It's not having an excuse of I'm too busy to post on social media and saying, look, you know, I am busy, which means this now needs to be a priority and needs to be, you know, allocated its own time to be able to post. And I think I always, yeah, yeah, I always say every time you post is another opportunity for someone to see you. So, you know, every time you don't post, then you're almost doing a disservice to yourself <laughs> and your business. Uh, and you never know who that one person that's going to see your post is. And I think that's one of the most important things is maybe if I didn't post one thing, you know, maybe if I never posted that lower back release with a golf club, maybe you never would have seen it. Um, maybe if I didn't post 
you know, a video of me working on a client. Maybe my, uh, you know, American football player never would have seen it and never come see me. So you just never know who's watching or who it's getting shared to. And if you look again, if you look at those analytics, I did uh, after I saw you, I, I watched one of your posts and you said, watch your analytics and watch your uh, uh, shared or uh, saved. And then I did that with one of my previous posts and it was 10,000 shares. And I'm like, hey, I might not even have posted this, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, but I was like, you know what, let me post this again and 10,000 shares off to someone and who knows, it becomes like, you know, you send it to one person, they send it to another person, they send it to another person, this becomes, you know, exponentially, uh, it's exponential growth. Yeah. And I, I think bookmarks as well, you know, I tell, I tell a lot of people to look at your bookmarks because I have a lot of, of usable content value, you, you know, where people will save it because they want to go back to it. Whether, whether they do or not go back to it, it's just interesting to see the kind of content because if a lot of my content, there's some things that get more bookmarks than actually likes. And you're like, well, that's fascinating because if you weren't looking at the bookmarks and just looking at the vanity kind of metric, then you wouldn't know that that is a very valuable piece of content that people are going to use. And this all comes down to just pressing that view insight button and actually, no, you know, it's, it's not very difficult to figure out the kind of metrics that you should be looking at. Of course, reach and engagement is important. But for me, from a business point of view, clicks and bookmarks are, are very important because most things that are getting website clicks aren't getting likes and views because people aren't stopping to take to press like or comment they're literally going straight over to go and look at what it is that i'm selling so if you were to judge the piece of content based on the views and think it's a bad piece of content it's like well this this is a this is a post for selling something you know post selling something isn't going to go viral never <laughs> and, and unless you know there's different way you know i i have very much uh, it infotainment promo videos for my fat loss engines which do produce a lot of views that are selling something but that's a very different thing to go into uh, with regards to it um so those insights are are, are so so important and, and understanding which things to look at at the right time and yeah another thing with the insights that i you know have been doing you know, since the beginning is you look at the insights, it could be views, it could be likes, it could be bookmarks or shares and find the ones that just do the best. And I know what times do better for me where I have the most eyeballs. Uh, so London is actually one of the highest cities where I have the most followers and it's uh, London, New York, LA. So when I post in the morning around 8 a.m., uh, 9 a.m., those do traditionally better for me because I know I have a big London crowd or UK crowd uh, watching it as well. So it's not, I not only get the people in the US in the morning, I get maybe Lunch, a handful lunchtime. of, yeah, then I get that lunchtime, you know, people from the, from Europe. Uh, so, you know, that will help the algorithm a little bit more. And then I save some of those more popular posts for the weekends too, because, you know, for me, again, the weekends, uh, people probably have a little bit more attention on their cell phones than they actually do work. So yeah, my, my, my little thing is, uh, you know, I call it sales Sunday. Sunday is the best time for selling, but mm. also it's a time when no one sells I don't, like people's habits. They're more, you know, they're fit, you know, especially in the UK, people have had a few too many gins over the Saturday. <laughs> so they're sitting on their sofas, feeling sorry for themselves, wanting to buy money to you know buy things to make themselves feel better. And when you've got fitness products that make people get healthier, happier, fitter, and stronger, it's just like, why are you not marketing these on a Sunday? Um, so, but no one does, no one ever thinks about, Oh, hang on a minute. And I always say, look, you know, when everyone's bank holidays, Sundays, you know, these kind of days where most people aren't doing anything, do something. <laughs> and it doesn't need to be all day. It just needs just a couple of posts, simple as that. And you're too, and, oh, sorry. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Go, go on, Jay. Sorry. Uh, but it's, oh, yeah. no, no, no. It uh, just reminded me that, cause I, I would say this all the time to my friends. So on, I remember 2018, um, it might've been 2017 actually too, where I figured out all of my best posts that did the best, most popular posts. And on Christmas week, I posted all of them. I reposted all of them. And I grew from like 200,000 followers to like 300,000 followers over the week span because I was just 
this is just like you, I was aware that all people's attention is not going to be on anything else other than their cell phone. So Christmas Eve, Eve, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, day after, all the way up to New Year, I was just posting all my most popular things. And, you know, it's taking advantage of those small little details that I think make a huge deal. Because you'll never get that again. You only have, it's like having a sale on Black Friday. If you don't sell something on Black Friday, um, you probably missed out on a lot. Yeah, still, I, I kind of, I, I kind of shake my head because there's a few anti-Black Friday, I, you know, anti-Black Friday fitness professionals. And there's no kind of specific names, but I've, I've seen a few posts over the years where they're like, oh, everyone's selling something on Black Friday. So I might as well sell something or, or they go, well, I'm not selling anything on Black Friday. I'm just like, you're looking at yourself as an individual and not as a business. Um, and this is one of the biggest things people buy, people go crazy on black Friday. It gives them an excuse to buy something. And even if you drop 10 bucks off your price of, of a digital product or, you know, a service, people are more inclined to purchase it on that day just because of the, the, the psychology behind, you know, Oh, I'm going to get something at a good deal. So if you're not, looking at this as an opportunity then you're not really thinking as a business you're you're kind of putting your own you know individual basis on that and that's probably why you're struggling in business because you know you you're taking everything personally uh, instead of thinking right you know where are my opportunities here to scale and grow my business that was uh i mean that was one of the things that i struggled with from the beginning was uh, I was taking everything so personal, like, oh, well, I don't think I should be doing this because I don't want to annoy the people too much. And to be honest, I think I was just overthinking. It's like you overthink things to sabotage yourself. Um, and, you know, that can be pretty dangerous when it comes to business because you really have to uh, pull apart the emotional side of things and uh, concentrate on the business side of things. I, you know, it's, one of the things, I think I saw one of your posts too, it was, um, it's kind of like, it was exactly the same thing. It's taking the motion out of the business. Like you still have to keep posting. You still have to work out in the business, even if maybe you're feeling a little down or depressed because, uh, you know, it's, it's a business. It's not personal. <laughs> it's, you know, you have to keep it running. And uh, I make the example of people who have kind of nine to five jobs, office jobs. If you feel sad one day, it's like, you can't not go to work you'll get fired. So I try to take that same mentality. It's like, man, I feel kind of depressed today. Like just don't want to do anything. It's like, I kind of have to force myself at least a little bit to, to get things done. And it's a fantastic way to look at it, Joe. Cause I always say like, you know, the, the, the key to success is showing up regardless of how you feel. And I, I've seen so many people in the past go, Oh, sorry guys. I've been busy this two weeks. And it's like, no one cares. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and I say this for no one cares about your personal problems. They, you know, all they want, you are rewarded in this world based on the value that you put into it. And if you're not putting anything into it, you're not going to get anything out. And what I see Instagram, what I see social media is doing, they're like bank accounts, which you're investing in every single day. And eventually after a long period of time, you, you do see, you do start to see a return on that investment, probably 10 X the, the effort that you put in sometimes, but you've just got to be patient because it takes a while to invest in something to see that return. And, you know, I say to people, it comes back to the gym. People say, Oh, Jamie, like, you know, how long have you been training for? You know, you get someone in the shop saying, so yeah, well, 22 years. And they're like, Oh, they're expecting me to say six months and i think yeah yeah and people say to me oh you know how long you been on instagram for like, i've been posting every day for eight years um great example um mutual friend of ours mr joe wicks you know i, I love his story and the fact that you know he had to do three thousand tweets before he suddenly got his first book deal he had to literally you know he had a failed business where he was wheeling a cart to a boot camp mm -hmm. and only getting two or three people turn up he was posting every single day or every single week on youtube for seven years and yes he built up a, a, a half decent following but within three or four months he's had two and a half million subscribers and it come i have this great analogy about um be like bamboo because when you plant bamboo and you water it it doesn't grow uh this it takes three or four years but when it does grow some bamboo can grow up to 80 feet in six weeks and it wasn't that it wasn't growing it was just spending many years building a solid foundation so it could deal with the growth that it's going to get 
and I, I love that analogy because when you do suddenly get the, su- the success, you'll be ready for it because you'd have built the systems in place to support you for that growth. But if you suddenly get that success overnight, sometimes you don't know how to deal with it because you've never had to deal with failure, rejection, beating on your craft without expecting a return for many years to be able to go, oh, I'm very grateful for this now. And I think that's where people need to be in business and and everything that they do. Yeah, I mean, that comes to, I mean, a lot of the people I talk to who grew on social media and, you know, timing has a, you know, a play in it. You know, a lot of my friends and I, the, the people I talk to, we grew fast, but people don't see the, you know, five, six, seven, eight years offline that we struggled with. I mean, uh, like myself working at a big box gym, you know, pretty much zero dollars just working off a commission. I mean, I was making like 10 to $20,000 a year. I mean, I was struggling. So people don't see that type of work, but then, you know, fast forward five, six, seven years later, when I decided to go on social media, then things blow up and people like, oh, well, he just blew up and got so popular overnight. I'm like, well, I did put in some work, you know, behind the scenes that no one saw, but they don't see that struggle. And pretty much everyone I talk to uh, has a similar story and, now, I think that's why some of the younger, you know, influencers struggle with, uh, right. you know, success and getting popular so quick. It's like they can't, they can't separate the, you know, they take everything so personal because it's all they know. They don't know how to deal with business issues. They don't know how to deal with personal issues because they've just never dealt with adversity. It's just always been, oh, success. That's it. Everything should be, you know, gravy from here. But, um, you know, I think us veterans, uh, call older people veterans, um, you know, we've dealt with, you know, rejection and failure. So it's, you know, we, I think we can manage it a little bit better. Yeah. And and I had a similar analogy, you know, I say to people, if I, if you woke up one day and you had the body of your dreams, you wouldn't have it for long because you didn't know how you got it and you don't know how to maintain Mm -hmm. it. And it's the same for business. If you suddenly get given millions of followers overnight and income coming out of your ears with opportunities, then it gets to your head too much. Your ego will take over because you'll think that because it was easy to get it, it's easy to maintain and keep. And when you lose it all and you will lose it all, um, unless you're very, very lucky, then uh, it would be a very important lesson. I think they, they see these studies with lottery winners, you know, when they get their millions, they, they end up going back because a lot of success enhances what you already are. So if you were never successful before or did the work that requires success, sometimes um, it's one of the, I think it's one of life's most valuable lessons. And you see a lot of YouTube stars that kind of go through this cycle of letting it get to their head, suddenly getting a massive blow and then having to rebuild themselves. But they come back, if they do come back, a lot more humble, a lot more wise and, and, and more experienced. And I think that's the problem with, you know, becoming a very successful from a young age. And I, I see it a lot. I'm very fascinated with a lot of these TikTokers who, you know, yeah. six, 18, 19 years of age with 10, 15 million, 30, some 20 million followers doors open for them. And I think, you know, some of them are very grounded because they're, you know, they're very family orientated and their family's allowed to look after them for that. But ones who don't have that kind of support system around them, can let it get to their head and it's always fascinating because when we talk about opportunities i was invited by facebook to come out to la for uh, vidcon to talk about the success on one of their products and it was just fascinating to hear every, every single influencer's different story of how they got where they are some of them was an overnight success where they just had a random opportunity to go on the Ellen show or something like that and then mm. they to capitalize on that and turn it into a career and others you know, just by doing pranks online or, you know, you've got professionals. It's, it's a, what it blew me away with is the amount of opportunity out there, regardless of what it is that you are, you enjoy or are talented with, you can, you can make something out of yourself with it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much opportunity now. It's unreal. If you could have zero job and create something now, and it's, it's amazing. So you know, I struggle when people complain sometimes, and I know everyone's situation's a little bit different, but, you know, I think everyone just complains a lot nowadays, and they don't put anything into action. I forget, 
I was watching, I just watched your page all the time. I think it was like the 90 rule, 99-1. Yeah, the 99-1. So 90% will do nothing, 9% will do something, and 1% will do everything. And it's just understanding where, where you are on that kind of pie chart. Exactly. So, you know, it's like the majority of people will not do what, you know, they're paying for to hear or, you know, what they want to do. And only a certain amount of people actually you know, put in the work and it's cause it's hard, you know, it's, it's not easy. So, yeah. um, but yeah, if you put in the work, I mean, you can literally create your dream scenario like I did and enjoy every second of it or most of the time, you know, <laughs> so the majority yeah. of time you will enjoy it. It's better than working for someone else. Exactly. And you know, I've got a similar background. You know, I was made redundant eight years ago, you know, I had a job that I wasn't, you know, I was getting well paid, but I didn't enjoy cause I was away a lot. And then suddenly had to pivot and change into actually going, Oh, I best do this personal trainer stuff. Um, and it completely changed my life. You know, it gave me opportunities and the life that I have now. So if I'd never been made redundant, I'd probably still be doing that job and still be complaining mm -hmm. about it. That's, and that's the thing. These, these lucky opportunities do come at you. And, you know, I think success comes down to a lot of luck as well, being able to spot these opportunities, spot, sorry, well, spot opportunities, but, also spot bad situations as good opportunities because you know when you're struggling in one area like you were saying in the gym it that was a good thing because if you became successful there or slightly successful you wouldn't be where you are today so sometimes you've got to be thankful for the things that didn't work out um when you look at the things that did um and it's and it's just taking a positive approach to everything that you do and it's not being so optimistic that you're naive it's just looking at things with the right framework to say well it wasn't meant to be or oh well on to the next thing um and and knowing as you said there's so much opportunity out there that regardless of how how older you are how much of a veteran you are you can always pivot you can always change into something that you that you want to do I feel that. yeah it's like you have to pivot and then also know when to say no it's like, I know all of these things, I see it pop up on your page and like then a book or something, but I never know <laughs> who it came from. And, you know, it's, you know, some people I feel like they need, they think they're going to miss out if they don't take an opportunity, which I struggled with at the beginning. It's um, someone emails you, oh, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then I'll think about, it. I'm like, I don't know if it's even like worth my time or um, it's not even in my genre. Like, why am I, <laughs> why am I doing this? And it, almost became a burden on me. Uh, I was reading this book and it's like more monkeys on your back. There's something with monkeys. And it's like, every time you say yes to something, it's like you're putting another monkey on your back and it's kind of like weighing you down. So it's instead of you being able to concentrate on one certain thing, you're concentrating on finishing all this other stuff before you can actually focus on, uh, you know, the task. So yeah, I think understanding like to say no, and then also, you know, kind of seeing what opportunities are good and bad and just really analyze it and just make a decision. Yeah. I, th I think one of the big, one of the hardest things for anybody who's getting, starting to get successful is that no, because it's not what got them where they are. Um, when you start out, you say yes to everything and you've got to know that kind of pivotal moment when you've got to stop turning down opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest one because I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of trainers kind of pre-pandemic weren't coming to me saying I'm struggling to get clients. They're like, I have too many clients and I don't get to see my family or, or that. And of course, uh, so, well, this has changed now because you've had plenty of time to rethink and refocus. But at the same time, it's like, you've got to do, instead of saying this, you've just got to start doing this. And it's so hard um, to turn down good opportunities, but they, and I think it was, uh, there's a guy called Derek Sivers and he said, if it's not fuck yes, it's a no. And I think that's a, just a great mentality mm. to have with things. If something's just okay, then, or even a great, a good opportunity, it should be a no. If it's a great opportunity, it should be a yes, but you've just got to know where you are on your journey at the moment to know when, where that is. Cause if you're not where you want to be, then you're going to have to say yes to a lot of things to get those opportunities. But then suddenly, when you do start getting that traction, it's like, right, okay, what's the most important thing to focus off? And I think what I found most from business, it's not, you know, success in business isn't by adding more things, it's by simplifying and taking things away. And that, yeah, that's really changed the game for my business. And that's, uh, I'm just starting to figure that out. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, from the beginning, from when I started social and started my business, you know, I never really had any guidance and I was pretty much doing everything. And it's, it can be pretty, uh, pretty stressful at times. And, 
you know, now since, you know, my time is so limited, it's, it's now I have to either spend a certain amount of time per day to just concentrate on one thing and just make sure that's set up for the week or, um, you know, maybe outsourcing some of my editing, which I always did on my own. I was kind of proud for, I'm like, this is how I got started. Like I got to keep doing it, but now I'll only do maybe my Instagram edits and then I'll outsource some of my other stuff. Um, so it's, it's really interesting making sure that everything is, um, kind of systematic now instead of just like all over the place when I want to do it, because then it just takes a little, so much of the stress away. And then you can just focus on, you know, either spending time with your family or, you know, or your work, just focus on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, you need to make these, mis- you need to go to the extremes to figure out what not to do. Cause I think mm-hmm. we, we've all been in this overwhelmed stage of going, I literally have not got a day off for weeks. <laughs> yeah. <because> I, <laughs> and this is like, right. And everyone gets that feeling of, I do not want to feel like this again. And it's exhausted <laughs> because, yeah. you know, especially with you know, yourself as the brand Joe, you know, and an exhausted you is not uh, going to be helpful to your audience. And it's something that I realized it's like, I, I, I literally looking at my board now. Um, I've just got one thing written down. And it's, and it's actually from Brendan Bouchard and it says, who needs you on your A game right now? Um, and I look at that every day for the last two weeks I'm, and it makes me realize that if I'm, if I'm delivering something, be it a podcast, um, be it a live stream or be it content, which I'm producing and I'm feeling exhausted doing it, then I'm not on my A game and that, that content might as well, you know, I might as well just down tools and not do it because if I rest and recover and take some time off, that content's going to have so much more impact on somebody's life because I'm on my A game. And it's just kind of enabled me to go like, you know, 8 PM for me is just, that's it, you know, done. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't close my, I can't close my shop door because I've got on a business, but I can close my laptop. And uh, that's something that I've got very good at doing sort of 8 PM onwards. Yeah. When my main source of income was my massage therapy sessions, uh, I actually had to scale it back because by the time I was getting to my last session, I was exhausted. I was, I mean, I would literally put my forearm on the person's back and slide it and like close my eyes because I was so tired. It's like, ah, I got 10 seconds. <laughs> and it really showed me that, you know, I need to scale it back a little bit because I was not a hundred percent there. So that person was not getting my full service that, you know, they're paying for. And then I maxed it out to, you know, at that time I had a little bit of online money coming in, you know, three sessions a day, but those three sessions, I was focused, you know, if they wanted to talk, we could talk, you know, we were really in the moment in that session, which makes it worth it for the person. And then it also makes me feel good too, because I'm, you know, I'm at a hundred percent. So, I mean, so that's like a great saying, it's like, who needs you, you know, right at this point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it just allows you to really understand that, you know, a lot of, a lot of trainers who are seeing sort of 10 clients a day, it's just like, right, your morning clients love you, but your evening clients just think, <laughs> yeah. just think you're terrible. And it's just like, they can ha- if, if, if you've got a client having a different experience and something needs to be changed because it should be the same experience for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a book I recommend all the time and it's essentialism by Greg McEwen, one of the best productivity books out there. And you know, it's, it, it talks about the success paradox yeah, you become good at something, so you're known for it. And because you're known for it, you become popular. And because you become popular, you become overworked. Now the thing that you were successful in the beginning for is no longer the thing that you're successful for because you're exhausted. And your success has now caused your failure. And it's such a brilliant kind of understanding because it is a paradox. Too much of a good thing is bad for you. Um, and it comes uh. down to dangers in the dosage. You're, you're kind of like, what's the app where it... Um it summarizes the most important points in a book. It's like Blinkist or something Blinkist, like that. Blinkist, Blinkist, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're my, you're my Blinkist. Whenever I go to your, <laughs> whenever I go to your IG story, I cl- I click on. I'm like, all right, I, I got the breakdown of what's important, and then I I, I absorb it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it's the it's the way that I think um, I put it in my first book about um, learning information. You know, I'm very much as you just said, you learn something new. And, and you have this need to teach others because you want them mm-hmm. to experience the, the in your head that you've just experienced. Um, and that, that comes down to just sharing good content because it's like, you're not holding it to yourself. If it's had an impact on you, the chances are it's gonna have an impact on your audience too. So it's just sharing wisdom. And that's how I learn 
and and store things people will say to me oh jay how do you store so many bits i'm like because i've got it's not that i remember it's that i will speak to someone and listen and it will jog my memory so, and there's you know there's lots of different kind of there's many ways of skinning a cat but there's very few fundamentals and a book that's based on principles as we we discussed on principles and, and fundamentals will stand the test of time and you know your better stretching book you know so i said you have created a book that someone could literally discover in 10 years time and are still going to get just as much benefit out of it as when it was launched you know was it like it was like was it this year or last year uh, this year, um, it's June 9th right now. So three months ago, Mar it came out March 3rd. Yeah, so I, I, think I, I think I had it on pre-order at Christmas. That's why. You, yeah, you ordered it, I mean, way before. So yeah. <laughs> it yeah. took a long time to get to you. I've got, I've got a thing because my friends always reach out and say, oh, can I send you a book? I'm like, I've already got it. I'm like, I, I'm a <laughs> big fan. Like, I say to people, look, you send it me, but I've already bought a copy because um, I, it's always – for me, it's all about supporting, you know, the people around you. And I'm always first in the queue to buy that piece of content or that book that somebody has put their heart and soul into, because I understand how hard it is to write a book and get it all together. And it's just that, that mutual appreciation of people who are, you know, it's not an easy thing to create a book, let alone put it in with everything else that you're doing. You know, it has to take priority and, you know, uh, book writing took like two hours of my day every day from like, 6am to 8 which i had this process for so i always appreciate that and i'll always you know i think the best thing that you can do for your friends is, is buy their products and services and don't expect them for free and uh, if you can have that exactly. mentality if you can have that mentality to things you'll you'll do well because it's that whole reciprocity effect people will do the same for you um hundred percent. I think that's super important, especially if you're, you know, I have your book somewhere here to uh, your first book uh, that I got from, uh, from UK. It was after we met, I think uh, in London, I was like, you know, let me pick up this book uh, <laughs> uh, at least to show a little support. And um, yeah, I think it's super important, especially the closest people who are uh, that you surround yourself. It always shows me a little bit when they actually go out of their way uh, to pick it up instead of, waiting for me to offer it to them because then I know it's, you know, um, you know, it's a little bit more genuine. They really know how much, you know, behind the scenes work it took. Yeah. But this at the same time, you know, I've said this before, like you can buy, like you can buy 30 years of somebody's wisdom that took them millions of dollars, billions of dollars to learn in some respects with some books. Uh, and, and it's twelve ninety nine. Or, or 15 bucks <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like if you think a book is not worth like i'm just like they're not you're not paying a thousand dollars for a uh, mastermind you're paying 15 dollars for their heart and soul into something and that's worth you know that that's that's an investment that is worth 10 times what you pay for it, it and uh i think it's so important to understand that especially when it comes to books because it's such um a valuable thing to have as as a collection and books change my life you know, I didn't read, I didn't read a book till I was 25. Um, I was, you know, I wasn't very good at school. So I was looked at books as kind of this geeky thing that people at school do who get good results. And suddenly I pick up my first self-development book, which was actually the four hour work week. And just reading mm. the first two chapters changed my business. It halved my time in my business because you know, I went from working five days a week to saying to my clients, I'm only working Monday, Wednesday, Friday now, pick a date. And I remember sending that email, my heart like beating, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then suddenly getting an email, you know, all these email responses, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday. And I was just like, I've got Tuesdays and Thursdays off now. What that enabled me to do is, you know, it's that week weekend mentality. It doesn't matter how hard the day is because you know, you've got a day off the next day. So you've got this weird kind of energy because you're like, well, mm. I can go balls to the wall today because tomorrow I've got off. But it also then allowed me to focus on my social media on the Tuesdays and Thursdays and actually build up a following from that. So that one book, and I, I don't even actually thinking back now, I'm, I'm rereading it. But I only read the first four chapters of it. I didn't even actually read the entire thing. And that, that also shows the power of not just trying to get through a book, but actually understand that you don't need to read the whole of a book as long as you're applying some of the principles from it yeah i just um i'm always looking for the best productivity you know hack <laughs> and uh because i'm a little all over the place it's like 
again, like I actually didn't do good at school at either. You know, I failed out of my major in university and uh, didn't really get much out of it. It was, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. I drank a lot, <laughs> but uh, and part, and, you know, I drank a lot and party a lot and made some great friends, but um, from helping my career pretty much did nothing. Um, so for me, again, like reading, you know, I like to read a little bit, but I like to take more of the, the pieces out of books. And I read um, part of Atomic Habits. Yeah. Um, and there was just one piece. It was, you know, just, it's like the intro is like, you got to do something just to get your mind thinking about what you're going to do. So I think in, in the book, he says, you know, just put your gym shoes on if you're going to get ready for your workout. Because if you put your shoes on, most likely you'll leave and go to the gym and get your workout done. So I try to take little small pieces like that. For me, it's like pre-workout when I work out. If I take pre-workout, I'm working out no matter what, because I don't want to waste that energy. Um, and then another tip from me, that I got from you is turning my phone off, because once I turn my phone off, then I can actually focus on the work. But if I don't turn my phone off, nothing's getting done. I'm Even when it's off, I'm still reaching for it. It's just habit. It's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. what, what, <laughs> it's crazy what happens when you're, when you're not used to something, and uh, you just kind of revert back to your old yeah that's your old tendencies that's what i loved about james clear's but i had him on the podcast last year and um you know something that stopped with me is make your your good habits easy to do and your bad habits hard to do and uh, i started getting into c dips last year and that you know during the winter periods it's not a nice experience but it, it teaches me that discipline of not wanting to do something and do it anyway and what i used to do is and I still do this now is I sleep with my swim shorts on because if I don't feel like doing it and I've already got my swim shorts on, it's kind of saying, well, you're full of shit, Jamie, because why would you have your swim shorts on if you weren't going for a dip? So it's kind of giving your own, you know, getting rid of your own excuses and having to do it anyway. So it's, it's, it's finding those things that make it easier to do. Cause it is easier to do. Cause if you can't find your swim shorts, that gives you an excuse not to do it. So if they're already on then you're, you're already going in. So yeah, I very much love James Clear's book. And I said like productivity, essentialism by Greg McEwen, um, game changer of a book. I probably read that four times now. And even now it's one of those books where you'll still pick up something new from it when, when you read it and you probably only need to read kind of a couple of chapters to really get something solid, which you mm. can then implement into a routine. So final question, Joe, what's next in the pipeline for you? And most, I think the most important question is when you're coming back to the UK for some more gin. Man, I wanted, I, I probably would have been in the UK already if it wasn't for the pandemic. Uh, so when my book came out, I was actually planning on coming over to the UK because I think my publishers send a whole bunch of books over to like the Amazon UK. So I wanted to jump around there and I just love the UK. Uh, I've been there twice. And I want to spend just more time there. I love it. Uh, I think the food is a little bit like fresher too. I don't know the food. I don't know if it's just placebo, but I feel like the food is just amazing uh, wherever, I've, wherever I've gone to over in the UK. So hopefully soon, um, once everything calms down, maybe it's not this year, maybe next year, but hopefully I can make it over soon and uh, kind of just hang around with some of the people like drink some gin and then also meet some of the people that I, you know, converse with a little bit online who's over in the UK too. Um, and you know, right now I'm still just continuing on with, you know, personal branding and just trying to build off of what I've been doing. Um, you know, things change so quickly, I think in business now it's got social media, so you never know where you could pivot. And I always try to keep an open mind. I have one direction, but if some opportunity comes here, is it a fuck yes, then, you know, maybe I have to pivot just a little bit to make that happen. Um, so, you know, right now, uh, actually coming out with an app for my membership site, and uh, that was a big hurdle for me because I wanted to keep uh, kind of the overhead low on what I was doing just because it's, you know, I'm kind of like a one-man band, but realized that you have to have an app nowadays, at least in my position. So app coming out soon, new website, uh, you know, still promoting the book. You know, the book came out, it was uh, just another opportunity to get it into other people's hands that maybe not might be, might not be on social media. Uh, and there's people who learn different ways, you know, it's Instagram, TikTok, maybe they're more visual, maybe they like to listen to podcasts, like right now, that's how they like to learn, or maybe it's, you know, through a book. 
Um, so I wanted to put that out and uh, just got a couple other side projects too, really just trying to take advantage of, um, you know, kind of like the hard work the past couple of years and hopefully uh, not take a step back a little bit, but get a little bit more stress-free <laughs> with, uh, you know, things down the line because uh, I think there's a lot of overload, a lot of information overload, work overload where, you know, uh, once I do have a family, I can have a little bit more balance, um, you know, at that point. So thinking in the future. Yeah. And, and, and I want to just highly recommend your book, Better Stretching. Something I always say as an analogy is a tightly strung bow is easily snapped. And if you're not prioritizing your stretching and mobility and that, especially now you've got the time before the gyms open back up, you don't, you know, the worst thing that you're going to want to do is suddenly get all the excited because the gyms are open, then suddenly pull a rotator cuff and go, oh, so I highly recommend your book. And I, and I just want to say thank you as well, Joe, because um, you're going to be coming into my group tomorrow to give people a bit of a stretching session. Um, I'm going to buy a bulk order of your books to give to uh, some of them too, but it's going to be an awesome session. We've got about 1500 people who are really oh damn yeah. i thought it was going to be like no no no, like no 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 30 people <laughs> no no we got about Holy 50, shit. about it probably be about a thousand on the live so yeah, very much looking forward to it i think a lot of people... damn okay now now i'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> so uh so Joe, yeah i mean it's been amazing connecting with you over the years um i'm excited to see where you're going to be going with probably another book and uh, the growth of your Joe Pro, and uh, yeah, I just want to say it's been it's been awesome watching you, and thank you ever so much for coming on the Train My Podcast today. No, I appreciate it. A lot of the stuff that I learned over the years and my growth has come directly from you. So without taking some of your insights, uh, you know, who knows where I'd be right now? Probably not where I'm at right now. So uh, no, I appreciate you having me on, and then also all of the advice uh, in the past. Thanks, Joe.